Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. She'll be coming back round the mountain, here she comes, here she comes. She'll be coming back round the mountain, here she comes, here she comes. She'll be coming back round the mountain, she'll be coming back round the mountain. She'll be coming back round the mountain, here she comes, here she comes. Woohoo! Nice job. I think we should acknowledge that we know that's not the actual words of the song, but it's the closest we could get to background in the lyrics. <laughs> exactly. What's up, everyone? You're watching slash listening through the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Background time. Background breakdown time. Yeah, so Commander Legends Baldur's Gate, it is here. Uh, and we got a new partner variant, I think it's fair to call it, right? Yep, Commander Legends, the original one, had the original partners uh, sort of with them. And now we've got new partners, except this is like a variant, and it's very similar to Friends Forever, if you remember that. Uh, I'd say if, if partners and Friends Forever and partner with, like, had a menage a trois and had a baby... <laughs> then they would kind of, this background is sort of what might come out of that. Yeah, it's kind of cool because it feels like you're creating a character in Dungeons and Dragons, but more importantly, you're going to be able to pick a legendary creature, pick a background to go with it, as long as it says choose a background, and then blam, you've got a new commander combination, and there are a lot of them. So we're going to be breaking down that today on the show, as well as talking about some of our favorite background combinations and what we might bring to the battlefield. Yeah, it's supposed to kind of harken to like D&D character creation, right? Like you choose like your it. character, and then your character is not exactly like every everybody else's character of the same class because you have different backgrounds and stats and stuff. Yeah, before we get into it, though, if you want to get a hold of these background commanders or the backgrounds themselves or yeah. anything from Commander Legends Baldur's Gate or any magic card basically ever, <laughs> channelfireball.com slash command. That's the place to go to get all of your magic products, singles, anything at all. You can order all the Commander Legends stuff. You can catch up on Strixhaven or anything else, Neon Dynasty yeah. in the past that uh, maybe you haven't gotten your hands on yet. And Channel Fireball really is the best place with their marketplace to buy your magic cards, especially sealed product. I've found that they mm -hmm. have really, really great price, prices on sealed products because on other services, there's a bunch of individuals that are selling singles. Um, but on Channel Fireball's marketplace, it's all LGSs. It's all licensed businesses, which means they're usually in the WPN network with Wizards. They get good prices from distributors on sealed product, and then they're competing with each other. So if you're buying booster boxes, bundles, collectors, boosters, 
Channelfireball.com slash command is the place to go. Or you just enter a promo code command at checkout. I always forget Super that part. Super simple. Well, yeah, you, you gotta forget it at the beginning or It's the ironic because I forget to say it, but also I forget to input the... <laughs> yeah, okay. Nice and simple. Once you get those cards, once you get that sealed prog, you want to crack it open. You want to make sure that your foils and your cards and everything that you opened stays in pristine condition. So buy some Ultra Pro product. We're talking about sleeves, deck boxes, uh, collectors, boxes, every single thing that you need. Ultra Pro has made something to protect it or to put your cards into packages on packages, containers on containers. Make sure you go to shop.ultrapro.com slash command because they have a huge selection. I'm not kidding. A massive selection of stuff from Magic product all the way to their other franchises that they work with. If you want to get that play mat, if you want to get that tech box, and every single time a new set comes out, that's an entire new selection of products that's going to match the aesthetic that you want on your battlefield. That's our affiliate link, shop.ultrapro.com slash command. Protect your cards. You need to do it. So why not do it with some of the best in the business? Yeah. And speaking of Ultra Pro, we have something kind of exciting. Our first yeah. merchandise drop of the year, the Kickstarter, just started. And it's for a brand new playmat, which we are calling Before the Storm. Jimmy, I'll let you hold it up. So mine's covered. Ta-da! So you can see, mark, yeah. yeah. So you can see the artwork here. I'm sure we're showing it on screen um, if you're watching it on YouTube. It's, it's really, really cool wrestling art in a different style than we've kind of done before. Yeah, it's by the artist Fiona Shea, who is a magic artist. She did a bunch of awesome stuff so far for, uh, for Magic this year, like the Year of the Ox promo and the Year of the Rat Secret Lair. And so she brought her style to this. Uh, we're calling it Before the Storm, sort of that epic moment before things get even more epic. Uh, the <laughs> quiet before the storm, the calm before the storm. And so uh, it's on. Or before you storm off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Uh, it is available right now for a limited time only on Kickstarter. That's how we run all of our merchandise sales. Once the Kickstarter ends, you will never, ever be able to purchase this playmat ever again. So make sure you lock in your order. That link will be below in the show notes. Uh, and again, that's how the Kickstarter runs. You go in, you enter your pledge, you choose what you want, and then we collect your address afterwards. And that's it. Very simple process. And we send the playmats off to you. But you can only do it during this window period. Yeah, don't miss your chance. It, it Once the Kickstarter is over, we always get emails saying like, can I still buy it? And of Unfortunately, we make that promise. We just look at how many got sold on Kickstarter. We make that many. We send them out. Then we never make it again. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I want to mention before we move on is that it is also the year of the tiger. That's right. And there is right. a really cool like lightning fire tiger on this piece. So yeah, yeah you definitely want to get your hands With on it. It's two beautiful. tails, not just yeah. one. Uh, one last thing we got to plug before we get into the main topic. It is Command Zone Live episode number four, which uh, at the release date of this episode that you're listening to is two days from now on the 16th of June. We're going to be sitting down with Jacob Bertrand, who is Hawk from Cobra Kai. You'll remember him from the Caldheim episode ah. of Game Nights. And we're going to be talking about um, Command Fests and Magic Live events, which are coming back, and sort of how best practices, I guess, to go about when you're going to attend one, how to get the most out of it, how to maximize your fun yeah. at those events, how to prepare for it. Uh, we'll be coming right off of Command Zone Vegas, which is Jacob's first ever major Magic event, too. Yeah. So, so it's going to be great to hear his impression. In and, fact, if you're watching this right now, when the day it came out, technically Command Fest Vegas is over, and Jimmy and I have already been to it. Yeah. And it was great. It was awesome. It was, it was fantastic. Was so great to see everyone. So good to just do so well at the craps table. <laughs> I'm sure it was awesome, but we <laughs> haven't been yet. So, uh, yeah. But you're in the future. I'm trying to manifest it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so well at the craps table. Good call. So well. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the main topic here background commanders from Baldur's Gate so the new background mechanic um, it offers a ton of possibilities for commanders and today we're going to talk about the mechanic how it works and then some of our favorite picks for the pairings between you know commander and background that are sort of the most interesting to us. Yeah, we could have gone through every single pairing. Could but we have? No, actually, we couldn't have. That was the, <laughs> the lead up. 
<laughs> because there are so many. We're talking hundreds and hundreds of combinations. So instead, we're looking at a broader overview. Uh, and hopefully, this will allow you, when you look at the cards yourself, to be able to understand, okay, this is how I want to build. And this is how I'm going to go about it strategically. All right, let's start off with just talking about backgrounds in a general sense and how they work. So similar to Friends Forever, backgrounds are a variant of the partner mechanic. It's sort of like a self-contained ecosystem. Mm -hmm. There are monocolored commanders from the set that have in their rules text the words choose a background. And then there are backgrounds, which are legendary enchantments. And you can kind of mix and match between those two. You, you cannot have two creatures right. that have choose a background. You have to have one creature, one enchantment. One has choose a background in it. One is a background. Yeah, and it says you can have a background as a second commander. So it's for the first time, it's not a creature that also lives in the command zone, but it is a creature and then a background, which is the enchantment. So they come together as a pair. They're all monocolored, so that means you're only going to be able to make two color pairs out of this or a monocolored. Of course, you cannot pair a background with a with a creature, a legendary creature that does not say choose a background. <laughs> yes, thank on goodness. It. Some people have asked that. Let's take an example here. Let's look at Jahira, friend of the forest, which is two and a green for a two three legendary creature, human elf druid. It says tokens you control have tap add a green, so Ooh. all your tokens become mana dorks, and then it has choose a background. So you can pair Jahira with any of the backgrounds from the set. Let's uh, let's pick Inspiring Leader here just as an example. If we paired Jahira with Inspiring Leader, which is two and a white for a legendary enchantment background, it says commander creatures you own have creature tokens get plus two, plus two. Ah, okay, so there's the synergy. You're building a token deck in green-white, and if it's a creature token, they additionally get plus two, plus two from the background, and Jahira gives them tap at a green mana. So I think that strategy makes sense to probably most people listening to this show. You would make a bunch of tokens. At first, you would use the tokens to, to create mana to make mm -hmm. more tokens. Then once you have enough, you use Inspiring Leader to now attack with them rather than tap them for mana. And that's kind of a token go wide strategy, classic white green thing we've seen a million times. Now, let's say we took Jahira, but instead... No, we lose Jahira. No, no, we took Jahira and instead we, oh, okay. we pair her with, let's say, Popular Entertainer. <laughs> so instead of an inspiring that? leader, she's a popular entertainer. So right. popular entertainer is a different legendary enchantment background. This one is one and a red, and it says commander creatures you own have whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, goad target creature that player controls. So goading makes that creature forced to attack, but not you that next turn, their next turn. So now you're in a green red, not green white. Mm -hmm. You're still tokens because Jahir wants tokens to create mana. And then... Instead of pumping your tokens, you're now a goad deck where you're trying to get through, maybe go wide around their defenses and, go, you know, have some of your tokens connect and then goad yep. their creatures. Uh, let's say now instead you've got the card Folk Hero with Jahira. Folk Hero is one in a white for a background, and it says legendary creatures you uh, own have. Whenever you cast a spell that shares a creature type with this creature, draw a card. This ability triggers only once each turn. All right, and Jahira is a human elf druid, so that's three different creature types that you could cast something to draw a card. So I would think this deck will probably have less tokens and would be relying on Jahira more for her creature types. Yeah. Because you, if you have to cast creature spells that share a type, usually token creators don't necessarily have that. Maybe an elf that comes in and makes a couple elves when it, when it mm -hmm. enters or when it dies or something. But this is going to be more of a tribally focused deck than maybe the Inspiring Leader deck is or even the Popular Entertainer deck is. So I think... 
you still got to hear in all three of those incarnations of of the deck, but yeah. they're different. Some of them are different colors. Some of them are doing slightly different things, even though two of them are tokens. This kind of shows you, I think, what backgrounds can do. Now, let's say we switched out Jahira, but we kept Popular Entertainer, and we let's say it was a Laura Mary Thief, which is right. two and a blue for a three-two Halfling Rogue. Whenever you attack. Uh, up to one target attacking creature can't be blocked to this turn. Return that creature to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. All right, so this is like a weird red, uh, red blue deck where you're tr- where when you're attacking, you're saying, "Hey, this creature can't be blocked." And then popular entrance says it's going to goad something, but it also bounces to your hand as a result. So maybe you're doing something in the unblockable world. Ninjas love to be bounced back to their hand so they can recast them again. Although red blue might not be the best ninja colors, but it allows you to say, "Oh, cool, I can see how this works together." Much more differently than Jahira, which is hitting them because you're swinging with five tokens. Instead, it's Alora swinging with one creature and allowing that to be unblockable. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Alora making it unblockable means you're definitely going to goad something of theirs. You can get value from the bounce, maybe their enter the battlefield effect to creatures. But also, when you ninjutsu, you could also ninjutsu in something new, and yeah. that's not going to get bounced because Alora didn't make that thing unblockable. So yeah, maybe it's a ninja deck, maybe it's a value ETB of deck but it's very different even though it still has popular entertainer super different from the jahira version of that deck right yeah a couple of notes uh jahira says tokens you control so if you have smothering tithe out you can make your treasure tokens additionally not have to sacrifice they can just tap for that green mana yep so that might be a different direction you go with folk hero uh and then a lot of these cards notably said commander creatures you own so you can't steal someone else's commander and then say hey this commander creature i control has this text no it's specifically trying to only reference the card in your command zone yeah that's interesting so i, I think you could see with these examples how mixing and matching the different abilities will create a ton of sort of modality to what you can put into the command zone pairing different yeah you know uh choose a backgrounds with their background enchantments okay let's talk about the rules for backgrounds because it's pretty straightforward but i think there can be some confusion yes definitely all right so some cards usually the backgrounds themselves refer to commander creatures they don't refer to a background enchantment that is a commander unless you could turn that enchantment into a creature which we know you know especially white cards can do do that yeah and then all of a sudden a background would refer to itself which is actually could be powerful yeah, so if you're able to turn Inspiring Leader into a creature somehow, then you're actually going to get that effect twice because it's going to be able to give it to itself and give it to your and give it to your commander. So your creatures will get plus four, plus four. It's a little long-winded, but it is a way to get around that idea. Yeah, and it definitely, if you're in white, something you might think about doing in all the white decks that include a background. Mm-hmm. Um, backgrounds are one of your commanders, like we just said. If a card refers to your commander, it applies to both the legendary creature and the background enchantment. This could make sense for something like Jessica's Will, mm-hmm. Fierce Guardianship. Um, and because backgrounds are enchantments, oh, right, yeah. they're harder to, a little bit harder to get rid of, uh, more often going to stick around. So I think that that probably will matter when playing against background commanders. Is like, I could get rid of all the creatures, but they can still you know, get the benefit of having their commander out from certain cards. Yeah, like Jessica's Will. Yep. Uh, another thing, too, is that the background doesn't just do its thing from the from the background. You need to have to cast it onto the battlefield. So it's not like Eminence and those older cards in Commander where no matter what, if it's in the command zone, it does its thing. The backgrounds only have their abilities active when you cast it out of the command zone. Yeah, or you could cast it, I guess, out of your hand or something, but it's right, on, right, it has right. to be on the battlefield. Yeah, on the battlefield. From the yeah. Yep. You do pay commander tax on your backgrounds, just like on your creature commanders. Again, they are your commander. So if they get destroyed, exiled, whatever, you can choose to put it in the command zone. You can mm-hmm. recast it again. 
you know, but you have to pay commander tax. Yeah. Interestingly, cards like Command Beacon, which say tap, sacrifice, command beacon, put your commander into your hand from the command zone. That can also count your enchantment. Yep. You basically can do either one. Yep. Uh, cards like Command Tower, and I think we alluded to this earlier, basically backgrounds, they do... Uh, change your color identity of your Mm -hmm. deck. So cards like Command Tower will see the color of your background and take that into account. So if you have Jahira and Popular Entertainer, Command Tower can tap for green or red. Yep. Uh, Cards like Fury Storm that say how many times you've cast your commander, similar to the partner commanders, if you cast both of them, that counts as twice. Because again, it's casting your commander, even though it's not a creature. Yeah, if a card refers to how many times you've cast your commander this game, it will tally up the amount of times you've cast both of them combined. Yeah, so again, those cards are a little bit better in these decks in the same way that they're better in partner decks as well. Just like partners, these cards count towards your 100 cards in your deck. So if you have a choose a background commander and a background, you have 98 cards in your deck. Yep, and they are basically just like partners. The only thing is, again, it's a closed ecosystem. So it's similar to Friends Forever, right? Unless it has the text choose a background on it, it will never interact with these backgrounds. And these backgrounds will never interact with any creature unless that creature says choose a background on it. Um, And then finally, you can play the backgrounds in any commander deck and there are lots of backgrounds that have similar things to existing archetypes that means you can put them in the 99 if they match the color identity you do not have to put them in the command zone yeah it's like oh it's a token deck maybe you're going to want to put this in there but we'll talk a little bit more about that later and whether or not we think it's actually worth it and slash if there are even any that are you know super good because some of them get a little worse when you have to draw it on turn eight and you go uh well this isn't great <laughs> basically when they start in your command zone the backgrounds just think of them like partner commanders. I think that's the easiest way to go. And in yeah. almost every way, they function the same way. They just happen to be an enchantment. Mm-hmm. So the the question I think a lot of people are asking, and I thought at first, is like, why not just have these be partners? They did that last time for Commander Legends. Mm-hmm. Why create like a whole new mechanic? They already have Friends Forever. They could have these be Friends Forever. That'd be weird. I get that there's a flavor reason, obviously, for D&D and, like, your characters having backgrounds and being able to, like, make your character different. But, you know, now we have Partner With also, so now they keep designing these Partner variants. Yeah, and I think they do that for a reason. I think they recognize that Partner was a bit of a mistake because it allowed to for just too many things to happen, and that adding into it just makes it even more complex every time. It's not like, oh, we added one new partner card. Cool, that's only going to affect five things. Like at this point, that's going to affect a thousand different combinations or whatever it is because that the number, right, it's like in terms of math, there's just so many more combinations when you add just even one more thing to that. Yeah, I think there's 64, 65 partners. And if you added even one more partner, it would you'd have to f- try and figure out or predict how it interacts with the other 64 partners. Yeah. And you had two, that's <laughs> 65 for both. So that's 130 new combinations from two cards yeah. coming into the format. And so if you add 10, you know, you can see it's exponential. Yeah. And it definitely was a risk, even what they did in Commander Legends. And that's why they had to limit it to like monocolor. Let's really make sure we're not making like, people into these crazy four color decks again. So it makes sense to me that we're moving into this new version, which is like, all right, instead of letting everything play with everything, as fun as that may be, uh, in terms of a mind experiment, it's kind of a nightmare when it comes to design because it, one, it will hamper the ability for the cards to be even more powerful in a lot of ways. And so I think it's better that we do have the smaller ecosystems. 
Yeah, if it's an enclosed system, then all of a sudden it's a lot easier to sort of figure out what's broken, try and like make it manageable from a power level perspective. Yeah. And, you know, not make any mistakes. So I think they were smart to do it. They're also kind of designing for draft in a way. Yeah, they, they have to make the draft work. Like this is supposed to be yeah. draft and commander. Yeah, so there's a lot of factors coming into it. Um, but in general, I think it's better that we have less complexity when it comes to all these pairings. Uh Speaking of how many possible pairings there are, there are 960 Woo! possible combinations. So there's there's still a lot because there's 32 legendary creatures with choose a background and mm -hmm. there are 30 backgrounds. So each of those 32 creatures could be paired with any of the 30 backgrounds. Yeah. So 960 possible combinations is what we get, which I think is cool because that is a lot of, you know, there are partner combinations we have never seen and will never see like not that nobody's made that deck but like the chances that i as an individual yeah you know i'd have to play a thousand commander games and each one <laughs> against a different combination before you even get to that point and a thousand games is a ton uh so 960 there's going to be a lot of sort of ability to make a unique deck that nobody's ever seen before because it's not that hard to come up with a background combination that just no one's tried yeah or, or you haven't seen or you know because we're not on our channel, we normally cover like every single card mm -hmm. and we talk about it, right? It's impossible with these. So we're not even going to cover, we're not even going to scratch the surface. And I think all the content out there won't even scratch the surface of the 960 possibilities. Yeah, there's a lot that won't be great. But at the same time, there's a lot that will get better over time because more cards will be printed mm -hmm. that maybe fit into that archetype too. So I think that's one of the nice things about this is when you're looking through these cards at home, when you're going through the backgrounds and looking and sort of piecing it together in your head, really allow that to be your inspiration because there's so many different things to do. You don't have to play the most obvious ones. Like the ones we talked about at the beginning of the show, where it's like, yeah, tokens go wide. That's there. But there's also like this bully mechanic where it's like, hey, is no if no one else has more life than that player, then you get an extra bonus. So that might play into your meta. There's all sorts of different combinations out there. So definitely just explore. All right. So having said that there's no way we can cover all 960 possibilities, <laughs> what we've decided to do here for the sort of back half of this episode is talk about our favorites. Yep. So Jimmy and I have each taken, uh, I think, three of our combinations of backgrounds and creatures that sort of spoke to us or we saw something cool or we wanted to talk about. And we're going to kind of go through those um, quickly. We're not going to build the whole deck. Although one I will say is my Game Nights deck, which if you've yeah. watched Game Nights already, you will have seen it in action. Um, and boy, does that thing go off. <laughs> yeah, it, it turned out to be pretty powerful. Um, so yeah, okay, let's go through. Jimmy, why don't you go ahead and start? Yeah, so one of my, uh, the, the first card that stood out to me when I was looking through them is Durnin of the Yawning Portal. So this is three and a green for a legendary creature, Human Warrior. That's a 3-3. Three, three. It says, whenever Durnin attacks, look at the top four cards of your library. You may exile a creature card from among them, put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. For as long as that card remains exiled, you may cast it. That spell has Undaunted. So this is an older mechanic. We haven't seen this in a while. And it says it costs one mana less to cast for each opponent. So if you have a spell so that costs... three mana discount, basically. Three mana discount, yeah. If you have a three and a black card, or three and a green card, it only costs one green to cast. And of course, Jordan says, choose a background on it. Uh, so the card that I think paired up really well with this is Passionate Archaeologist, which is one in a red for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have, whenever you cast a spell from exile, this creature deals damage equal to that spell's mana value to target opponent. Oh, and you get a discount on the mana value, yeah. so boom. But the mana value is still higher when you cast it, so you get you know you can cast a big spell for cheaper, hit someone for five, six, seven, eight, or whatever it is. Kind of like that Vile Smashery thing, where it's like, I want to cast big spells because this is going to do a lot of damage. 
I like this. Dernan uh, quit his job at the ta- as bartender at the tavern to become <laughs> an archaeologist, and he has now discovered some arcane secrets. Yeah. So there are a lot of ways to build this. Uh, I think a really fun way that uh, you could do that I'm not going to talk about is like artifacts, because if you have an undaunted artifact that costs three mana as a creature, it costs zero. Yeah. So mm. and as an archaeologist, it kind of makes sense. Yep. Uh, but it's green red, so I went for the big big whammies <laughs> the so this, is, this could become timmy.deck because you get a discount on everything yeah so imagine if apex devastator cost five green green instead of eight green green it's a 10 10 that just has cascade on it four times so that seems like the kind of thing that you'd want to do in a deck like this which is just swing check out this sweet creature play it and then just cascade massively throughout the rest of your deck there's a bunch of actually great high cmc cards that do that annoyed altasaur is one that does that just for five green green it's a common uh, and then aurora phoenix also does this uh, as four red red but if you subtract three from each of these numbers aurora phoenix is a one red red five three flyer that cascades wow and the cascade's going to trigger the background too every time it Yes, because you're going to cast it from exile as well. So you have double exile on the cascade, so double you can hitting on cast the Apex Devastator. You're casting it from exile the and first maybe time win. for cheaper, <laughs> and then cascade four times. Yeah, you could easily just dome somebody for twenty at that moment. Yeah, pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. As you as you go through your deck. Um, so yeah, it's pretty nuts. I think you want to play cards like Wolfgar of Icewind Dale. Oh, two cards. Yeah, because if a creature you control attacking would cause a triggered ability of a permanent to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. So Durnin triggers twice. Yeah, you get two cards to cast off of it. Um, and obviously, this is a green-red deck. You need a lot of mana, so you're trying to ramp like crazy as well. But in green-red, not difficult. Not difficult at all. Yep. Um, and then when it came to like, hey, we're casting stuff from Exile, this is a big thing that's happened a lot in Magic recently. Now there's a lot of different ways to get this trigger off. So uh, Atali, Primal Storm is by far the most powerful, uh, I think, of the ones we'll talk about. And imagine this card just costs one red red. <laughs> brutal. Pretty brutal. Uh, and then you've got Lelia the Blade Reforge. Whenever she attacks, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. So you're going to constantly get that, even if you don't have your commander out. Same yeah, goes. Any, any impulsive draws yeah. are still going to be good. Yeah. Jessica's will obviously yep uh you also have you find some prisoners which is one of my new favorite uh cards from afr which is one or red and you can choose one or two you either destroy an artifact or exile the top three cards of target opponent's library and then you can choose one of them until you're in your next turn you can cast that spell and pay mana as though it's mana of any color maybe you actually play wand of wonder in this deck josh because you're trying to cast stuff out of exile yeah, <laughs> you still don't because seven mana for the first activation. Yeah, it's not much. great. So uh, one of the interesting... And, he, and Durnan can't find it or cast it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also not a creature. <laughs> uh, and it also only casts instant sorceries. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> it was a joke. So w- the thing I think you want to do with this deck is swing with Durnan, find a creature to cast, cast it, but then you want to be able to swing with that creature this turn, but you've already been in combat. Uh, so you need extra combat? Yeah, extra combat. And fortunately, there are so many extra combats that are given by creatures. Right, they're, and they're red creatures. Yeah, so Combat Celebrant, Port Razor, Scourge of the Throne. A new one, Karlak, Fury of Avernus. So basically, if you're able to swing with Journey with one of these creatures out, you get an extra combat step, you go and find Apex Devastator, you cast that. All you need to have is a Haste Enabler on top to be able to now swing with the cards that you're getting from this. You have an Anger or something, yeah. Yeah, Anger is great, but Urbrask is also a creature that, that does it. That you find, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of synergy with the red side of this that really is nice. And then you have like Mass Hysteria, Concordant Crossroads to just give that out of nowhere one mana, everything has haste. Hopefully that's a turn you just go off and win. Morog's another one. Yeah, more odd as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So because they're all creatures, they're all going to be cheaper to cast. Uh, it seems like this deck has a lot of potential to just be very 
smack you in the face and cast some cool big creatures just like nice classic magic and a lot of good value too i think you know one thing that's easy to miss is dernan is kind of drawing you cards when yeah he does his thing so that's a way to not run out of gas you know a lot of sort of big stompy aggressive decks can tend to like one board wipe one setback they yeah. don't have a lot of options anymore but this has a way to sort of get you back in the game which i like yeah you definitely have heroic intervention in this deck you probably need to find some way to make dernan unblockable or hard to block uh one of the other sort of like commander cards i, th- I thought you could have paired with this was like cultus of the absolute which mm-hmm. gives it like plus three plus three flying and death touch so that's like a way to make sure it always swings in um so there are ways to do it maybe it's equipment maybe you're putting sword ofs yeah sort of uh, seem pretty safe yeah and also by the way extra combat's great for journey because you want to have that trigger happen again right. so there's a lot to sort of build around there and as long as you have one juicy target to swing at then journey's in the clear Pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, okay, we've got a couple more favorites from Jimmy, a few from me coming up, but we're going to take a quick break first and hear a message from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back talking about the background commanders and pairings, and our favorites from the set, uh, one of the best creatures ever printed in the history of magic may have come in this set. And his, I think Graham probably agrees with you. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. His name is Wilson, Refined Grizzly. I like how his name's Wilson. Wilson. One in a green for a 2-2 bear warrior. The spell can't be countered. It has Vigilance, Reach, and Trample. 
And it also has Ward 2, so a little bit harder to cast something that targets it. And then, of course, choose a background. This is just, look at this card. It's look, amazing. a legendary bear that's actually a 2-2, and they were like, well, in order to make this commander playable, we have to throw every ability we can think of on here. Yeah, basically Hexproof with Ward, and then Vigilance, Reach, and Trample. So this thing is suited up. So I was Except thinking, for in the Power of Toughness Except category. for the Power of yeah, yeah. So I was like, <laughs> how can we fix that? Well, of course, you pair it with Cultist of the Absolute, which I just mentioned. It's black for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own get plus three, plus three, and have Flying, Death Touch, and ward pay three life so now it's got double ward on it so it would have ward two plus pay three life yeah no one's ever going to target this thing <laughs> uh or if they do they're going to really dislike what happens but cultist of the absolute has a downside also yeah it says at the beginning of your upkeep sacrifice a creature so if you're going to go this route i think you're it's like sac it's voltron is the main thing because you're swinging with a five five flying death touch Trample. Vigilance, reach, life. trample, yeah. bear. Reach. Oh, that's reach, yeah. yeah. reach, not so... Ward not so 2 fun. and ward pay 3 life. Yeah. Uh, so it's like sacrifice token Voltron. So I think the goal is to get like kind of like a black green aristocrats type deck with a value engine, and then your commander is just going to hit them a punch in the air and just continually speed that process up. So there's tons of great creatures in green and black that will give you an extra body to sacrifice. Callous Blood Mage is one of my new favorite cards from Strixhaven. Two in the black for a 2-1. When it enters the battlefield, choose one. You either create a 1-1 black and green pest creature token with when this creature dies, you gain one life, or you draw a card and you lose a life, or you exile target player's graveyard. So no matter what stage you are in the game, this is just an incredible good value spell for you and then you have great removal spells like pest infestation Strixhaven just had a lot of pest creators and these are just excellent tokens to sacrifice to the downside on cultist of the absolute ophiomancer just a all-star in this deck every turn every it single provides turn. it for you yeah. yeah and then if you have other sack outlets you can just keep sacking the snake until you get back to your upkeep uh Izzoni, thousand eyed similar thing same same with like belladros witherbloom this might be a little high end but once this card gets out you're just you're in the green. Creates a 1-1 one, one on everybody's upkeep? Yeah, every pass. single person's upkeep. Yeah. And then you also get to pay 10 life and untap all land to control out. Oh, right, right. Oh, yeah, I remember. Just, <laughs> yeah, just no big deal. No big. Um, Woe Strider is a card that Murph and I were gushing about earlier uh, in the set review. When it enters the battlefield, you create a 0-1 white goat creature token. And then you can also sack another creature to scry one. So it's very similar to Viscerous here. And, of course, you can escape it from your graveyard. Uh, Protean Hulk seems very good in this deck because you're just trying to pull out your Blood Artist, Zulaport Cutthroat, and a bunch of other one drops and two drops. And your Protean Hulk, when you sacrifice it, either from the uh, the background or just in general, you're going to get pretty much your entire combo pieces on the board and can just keep News going flash. there. Protean Hulk is good. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Used to be banned. Uh, and then like Endric Star, there's just tons of token creators. So you can kind of go the full token, token route. Um, and then just pairing that up with some sack outlets and aristocrats and then the bear smacking them in the air. Yeah, you're probably going to want those um, cards that kind of pay you off for things dying, right? Yeah, and then, of course, because you have tokens, you can play like Tend the Pest, Village Rights, Plum the Forbidden, Deadly Dispute, yeah. and draw a ton of cards from them, get all that value. So you're going to have a great engine going um, and hopefully churn you through your deck. Wilson's just smacking someone every single turn. They have to worry about it. Um, and the best part about Cultist of the Absolute is you get this whole combo out for three mana. Yeah. So three mana, you have a 5-5 five, five hitting people in the air as a commander. That's like very, very powerful, I think. Yeah, Cultist of the Absolute, I was immediately drawn to it because it's only the one mana. Yeah. And also remember, if they kill your commander, then you don't have to sacrifice the creatures anymore. It right. It gives your commander that ability. So that's easy to sort of miss and think that it's 
a little bit worse than it is because at first i was reading it and i was like well what if they kill my commander i'm still sacking creatures this yeah sucks. yeah yeah but you don't actually have to do that so yeah, yeah it only cost four to cast the next time so yeah, it's, it's easy to just start going again right yeah and yeah. if it doesn't happen then you're aristocrating them out yeah which I've heard is still works pretty good. Yeah. Honestly, that's probably the way you kill most of the players. Maybe you get one with Wilson. Yeah, I think Wilson, if anything, is just chipping everyone down so that it's possible to win with aristocrats. Because right. if it's like aristocrats, everyone take one. All right, go to 39. It's like, oh gosh, we're in. <laughs> well, yeah, but aristocrats is almost always like, you know, I sack three creatures, everybody else has to sack things. And then at some point I get to the point where I'm sacking 10 things at a time or infinite things and everybody yep. dies. Yeah. Yep. Wilson's just there to give a friendly hand or a paw i suppose friendly yeah very friendly he's refined <laughs> he's, a, he's a refined, refined. paw <laughs> there um so i wanted to make so yeah your next favorite pairing <laughs> is also with wilson also with wilson that's right so this is with uh wilson and a card called raised by giants yep which is just absolutely hilarious to me <laughs> so raised by giants is five and a green for a legendary enchantment background it says commander creatures you own have base power and toughness 10 10 and are giants in addition to their other types. So that's and right, everyone. Wilson does have trampled natively. <laughs> yeah. So now you're going to make Wilson into a wonderful 12, uh, 10 10 Vigilance Reach Trample Ward 2. So the question now becomes okay, what can we do with this to try and just destroy people? Well, he's a 10 10 at this point. So you want to double the power. Gets you right up to that commander damage line, and you only have to add a little bit of stuff on top of that. So, unnatural growth. One green, 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 green. At the beginning of each combat, double the power and toughness of each creature you control until end of turn. So, not just Wilson, but anything else you happen to have on the board. Uh, Ronus, or sorry, God Eternal Ronus doubles the power of each other creature you control when it enters the battlefield. Nylea's Colossus does that on enchantments. Fire Shrieker is going to give you double strike. So these are all basically ways to try and kill everyone with just one huge smack. Um, and then I think you're just playing just Mimi cards. I would play Colossus Hammer in this deck because you're going to have, right? You have to pay six mana cast here or whatever. Right, so right. hopefully you can get up to eight pretty quickly. And then Wilson just becomes a 2020. Uh, you also have Eldrazi Conscription, which oh, is pretty yeah. great. Brutal. Double Plus that. the Annihilator. Yeah, Annihilator. And then double up that Trample for no reason. Um, and then I was like, how can you actually just get this 21? So you have a lot of different uh, spells in green that are able to just add a plus one, plus one counter incidentally. Like Ancient Animus is great as a fight spell. Biogenic Upgrade, Forgotten Ancient. These are all ways to just sort of pile encounters on your card. And even look, because you have Unnatural Growth, and you're, even if you don't cast your, your uh, make it a 10-10, if you just Raised put... by Giants. Or sorry, yeah, Raised by Giants. Even if you have like your unnatural growth out, just adding a few counters to Wilson to make him a 5-5, now a 10-10, right? You're still getting the effects of it without needing to have that other enchantment out. Um, Blessings of Nature is a miracle one you can do to cast, to add 4-1-1 counters on any number of target creatures. And I also think you want to play like Witch's Clinic, because it's two tap it, target commander gains lifelink until end of turn. You might as well just, yeah. So you're just going to just, yeah. And you're in a two-color deck, so you're not too out of it. Um, I mean, one nice thing I'll say about like Raised by Giants, and it kind of... Uh, applies to cultists of the absolute but it's one mana so you don't care as much yeah is that these are not auras so they don't oh, attach yeah. to the creature so when you kill the creature when they inevitably like kill the the bear you 
pay it for four, but it's still a 10-10 because they probably didn't also destroy the Raised by Giants. Yeah. They, you know, it's they a lot harder for them to get rid of both things. Yeah. And I think that's kind of an upside of the backgrounds is they didn't make them auras. It might, you know. Oh, that would be really bad if they made them auras, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think it must have had to be a consideration just from a power level perspective of you start with two cards in your command zone right, and like right. there's a bunch of reasons. But yeah, they decided not to. So one of the upsides you can sort of exploit as a player is it's daunting to have to pay six for your Raised by Giants. Mm -hmm. Or is it six or five? Whatever it is. Six, yeah. Um, it's a lot. But the fact that it will apply to your commander as it dies and goes back, um, unless they specifically also remove the Raised by Giants, is, is definitely an upside. Yeah. Uh, and then I, when I was looking at Nelia's Colossus, I was like, hmm, this is interesting. What if you could cast more enchantments? And I thought, hey, actually, there is an Enchantress build that may be able to make this a really efficient deck. So if you're going the Enchantress route, you're going to play all of the ones that are in green. So you got Argothian Enchantress, Ilana Blossoms, Satessin Champion, Enchantress's Presence. And then you have the ability to really buff up Wilson in different ways that aren't just raised by giants. You have Boar Umbra, which protects it as well. Fight Rigging, a new spell from uh, New Capenna that has Hideaway 5, 2 in a green. At the beginning of combat on your turn, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. Then if you can control a creature with power 7 or greater, seems like you're going to do that in this deck, you can play the Exiled card without paying its mana cost. So it kind of becomes, yeah, card draw. Yeah, and then you got, I've never seen this card before, Predatory Hunger, green enchantment aura. Whenever an opponent casts a creature spell, put a plus one plus one counter on enchanted creature. So this seems like in the right meta, it's kind of like a mana gorger hydra type thing. It's just going to make it a really, really big card really fast. Mm -hmm. And then Mark of Sakiko, it's another card I found. One in the green for an enchantment aura. Whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, add that much green mana until end of turn. You don't lose this mana as steps and phases oh, end. So if now this is like Dreamland, now you got a ten ten swinging. You hit them for eight. You add eight extra mana. You're gonna be able to do a lot with that. I don't know if it's that much Dreamland because I wouldn't. Let's say I'm staring at you and you've got your commander. And, You'd be staring at the commander then, Josh, not me. Yeah, <laughs> and you've got six mana. I know what you're gonna do next turn, and it's like, yeah, it's got trample. I can block it. It's right. not gonna kill me. You know what I mean? I'm gonna be willing to take eight. Um, the next turn's the scary turn when it's like, okay, that ten could turn into twenty or whatever. Yeah, and if yeah. you have one of those other cards out, you know that I'm also staring at that's going to double its whatever. But, like, six mana just commander, I'm probably willing to take a hit from that thing, so... Yeah. I think the play pattern is play Wilson, and then between Wilson and Raised by Giants, you're adding plus one, plus one counters to him, you're getting equipment on them, or playing one of the double spells, and then when you play Raised by Giants, you just have the ability to kill someone right then. And Yeah, they're going to see that coming, though, so be careful, because it's yeah. not like they can't see Raised by Giants in your command zone. Uh, what... It's a giant. They better be able to see it. <laughs> I mean, when I see my commander is going to have 10 power, I think infect ah. and trample. So I'm not a bad person, Josh. Gra grafted then <laughs> seems like a pretty good one. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to give infect because then you don't have to get to 21. You just have to smack them once. and Yeah, maybe give it a two or three power bump and, uh, you know, trying for the Horde would still do it. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of cards in green as well that are just pure infecty. So that, that seems like a good way to go, especially if you're going to play those one-off pump spells. Yeah, I think know? it could work because if it's a 10-10 trample and you make it a 13-13 trample infect, well, uh, that's going to that's gonna get rid of a lot your of players. Own yeah. Steel. yeah. Finally. That's cool. That seems fun. That's two very Jimmy decks in there. The uh, the very Timmy Jimmy, Timmy Jimmy, <laughs> old, old Timmy Jimmy, which is th this one and the the red uh, the red green one from yeah. earlier. Yeah, Dernan, yeah, very cool, fun stuff. All right, um, what you got, Josh? So I was similar. I had you kind of looked at Wilson and were like, "There's two directions, two different backgrounds." That I might go, and I kind of looked at the background haunted one, mm. and. 
it really appealed to me for whatever reason. And I thought, oh, there's two different directions that I could think of going that might be cool with Haunted One. So let me read Haunted One really quickly. It's got a lot of It is two and a black for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have, whenever this creature becomes tapped, it and other creatures you control that share a creature type with it get plus two, plus O, and gain undying until end of turn. Mm. And undying is when a creature with undying dies. If it had no plus one, plus one counters on it, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control with a plus one, plus one counter on it. So undying, it dies, it comes back, it's a little bit bigger, but most importantly, it the plus one plus one counter kind of indicates it's already used its undying and mm-hmm. it you know technically you couldn't just keep sacking it over and over because the second time it dies it does have a plus one plus one counter and so undying won't bring it back also haunted one's interesting um because it, it gives the ability when your creature when your commander becomes tapped so the undying wouldn't stick around on the creature that died and came back anyway because it didn't see the original time oh, the i see okay commander came. so there's a lot of intricacies but of course there's tapping involved here which i like there's value from recurring creatures yeah, which and I like. dying is is very powerful here yeah so the you know those are the two sort of directions that this card is pulling you leaning into the undying graveyard recursion um aristocrat style stuff and then the untapping shenanigans for mass pump because mm-hmm. if you had a commander that you could tap and untap like three times you're going to get plus six plus O on yeah. all the creatures that share a creature type with it so you can kind of either design your deck around that or design your deck to sort of take advantage of the recursion and then at some point flip over to and now i'm going to tap my then i have like five them. or six creatures yeah. i'm going to tap my commander 17 times Smack and give it. everything 30 you know plus 30 power or whatever yeah so um the first commander I sort of looked at the bunch and thought this could work well with is Jahera, friend of the forest, who we talked about earlier. This is the two, three for three mana. It's green, um, but it's a human elf druid, and it says tokens you control have tap and add a green. So this could be sort of token tribal, and mm-hmm. the goal would be to exploit um, the undying to either get creatures that make tokens when they die or enter the battlefield. Oh, so you're going to get that trigger again. Yeah, exactly. So they either enter the battlefield, make a token, then you sack them, and they come back with undying, and you make tokens again. Or they enter the battlefield, and you sack them, and they make a make tokens, the and then they out. undying, and then you sack it again. And you, you, sometimes you don't even care if you know the, they don't come back the second time. You just mm-hmm. get their... their leaves or dies trigger yeah, twice. yeah. notably yeah. they also have to share a creature type with jahira but jahira is a human elf druid so that's three potential hits and human and elf have to be the most common yeah uh creature type especially yeah it, it, i guess zombie maybe would be the third but druid also is no slouch so deep forest hermit is a druid and an elf oh man this card is so good in this deck yeah it makes four squirrels when it uh, enters the battlefield. So imagine cast Deep Forest Hermit, get the four squirrels, you know, tap Jahira somehow, sacrifice Deep Forest Hermit, comes back, makes four more squirrels. And they're all plus one, plus one. So that's eight squirrels that are two twos. I even think stuff like Doom Dissenter, which is one in a a black for a one, one, but when it dies, you create a two, two black zombie creature token. Remember the tokens that you create do not have to share the creature type necessarily. I mean, you want them to for the pump, from Jahira, but also like just getting a lot of creatures will go far and you're probably still going to play, you know, your Crater Hoof variant, whatever it is, Triumph of the Hordes, Beastmaster Ascension, something Path like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, also the tokens you have, they become mana dorks. Yeah. Like that's, there's even more synergy there. Yeah. So then maybe like Zathrid Necromancer, which whenever a human you control dies, you could create a 2 2. Mm-hmm. So now you got Doom Dissenter, Zathrid Necromancer out. You sack the Doom Dissenter, you make a zombie and a, uh, 
oh sorry two zombies because yeah. of Zathra Necromancer then Deuce Hunter comes back you sack again make two more then you sack Zathra Necromancer you make one Collar of the Claw is a really good one it's two and a green for a 2-2 two, two with flash when it enters the battlefield you make a 2-2 two, two bear for uh, yeah for each non-token creature put into your graveyard from the battlefield this turn oh you sack your entire board and then flash this thing in sack your entire board sack it again yeah flash this thing in it's seen everything die twice it's going to make that many. Then you sack the collar of the claw. It comes it back comes and back. makes that many tokens twice. This is the kind of thing you could do at instant speed too. Yeah. So you could just look like even if you just have Doom Dissenter, Zathrid Macromancer out with your background and everything, you have to be able to get Jahira tapped. We'll deal with that in a second. That would be Doom Dissenter, make two, two, two tokens. Yep. Z- 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 yeah. Comes back, do it again, make four tokens. Zathrid Necromancer, sack it, make a 2-2. Two, two. Sack it again, make a sixth token. Claw, collar of a claw comes out. Have seen four creatures go the battlefield. Make four. Yep. Sack it. Now it comes back, and it's seen five creatures go. Make five more. So that what is that? Eleven, fifteen. From just having a Doomed Center and a Zathrid Necromancer out. Yeah. So you don't nice. even look scary, and that's a game-winning play, right? The mm-hmm. next turn you could be attacking and killing people. So that seems like pretty fun, pretty exciting. Now, um, I know what a lot of people were saying because I talked about it earlier, which is like, you have to be able to tap Jahira. And not only that, you have to be able to tap Jahira and untap it and tap it again in to between be able to do this, yeah. when this stuff's happening. So there's there's a lot of hoops to jump through, which I find fun because I like tapping and untapping things. Um, vehicles are the best way to get your creature tapped. Yeah. Right? So that you don't have to attack because Jahira's not very big. So Smuggler's Copter is a good one. Mobile Garrison's really good. Yeah. Because like it both taps one. and untaps her. Yeah, I play this card in my Magda deck for this very reason. So it's a 3-4 vehicle for 3, but when it attacks, you can untap target creature you control and has crew 2. So you crew with Jahira, that taps her. Get your undying, your plus 2, plus 0. Attack with mobile garrison, that untaps her, and then you tap her again right away to, to crew, crew the again. mobile garrison. Yeah. After a vehicle's been crewed, you can re-crew it, notably. So even though it's already a uh, thing, you can activate the crew ability and then tap a creature down to do that. So that's pretty neat. And you can over-crew, too. So you could always crew for 6 or 8 if you want. Yeah, yeah, to. yeah. Yeah. Cryptic Gateway is another cool way to get uh, tapped because it's uh-huh. also about oh, yeah. tribal synergies. So. Yeah. Five mana, tap two untapped creatures you control. You may put a, pre- a creature card from your hand into the battle- on the battlefield that has shares a creature type with each creature tap this way. And that's all that you're doing in this deck. Yeah. So you've got tribal synergies already. That's really good. Then the untapping, this is interesting. Think Umbral Mantle's, you know, decent. Mm-hmm. It's got an untap ability. So you equip it and then you pay three to untap the creature and it gets plus two plus oh until end of turn yep so for three mana you can always untap to here which is kind of steep but you're in green you'll probably be able to make a bunch of mana the really cool one is thornbite staff yeah this is the busted one yeah so you get thornbite staff unfortunately not a shaman uh but you're just going to be willing to pay the total thornbite staff uh, says equip creature has pay two tap this creature deal one damage to target creature or player and then whenever a creature is put into a graveyard from play untap this creature notably those are separate lines of text yeah, so it, you're sacking your creatures. So every time you sack the creature... Trigger goes on the stack. It untaps Jahira. And now you're in a pretty good loop if you have Mobile Garrison or Smuggler's Copter or something where you right. just tap it, crew, sack a creature again, it untaps Jahira, tap it, crew. And this whole time you're growing things. And like that's one of those ways that you could potentially tap and untap Jahira like 10 plus times. Yeah. Yeah, if you had Concordant Crossroads or some way to give things haste, that could be a game-winning turn or just, like I said, uh, Collar of the Claw do this on your turn. Um, and then, of course, the last section here is how to exploit the undying part of of uh, Jahir. And I don't think this deck is focused as much 
on that, but it, it can have some pieces. So yeah, so Undying, by the way, if it has a plus one, plus one counter, it cannot get Undying again. So if you try and sacrifice it with Undying, it's like, well, sorry, it can't come back. It, so you have to find ways to get rid of that counter. One way to get rid of a plus one, plus one counter is to add a negative one, negative one counter to something. That Math. What happens is, if you, <laughs> yeah, but what happens is you don't have, so if, you, if you're a creature and you have a plus one, plus one counter and a card adds a negative one counter to it, you don't get both counters. They just negate each other and now there's no plus one, plus one counter there. Yep. So Devoted Druid, which is a card I think we talk about a lot, it's it's just kind of inherently broken. It has a bunch of combo t- potential. Mm-hmm. It's not as broken in this deck because, again, the Undying, you have to tap Jahira, you have to get into that tap loop. But still, if Devoted Druid, you if you can tap it three times, the third time, oh, sorry, whenever you tap it, it taps for mana and it gets a negative one, negative one counter to untap, to untap it. it. yeah. So you tap it, you put a negative one, one, negative one counter on it, untap it, tap it, negative one, negative one counter, untap it. Uh, and then it will die, by And the then way. it will die, yeah. But if it has Undying... Yes, so this is what... You, it, you have to have haste or something on it, but this is a way for you to, like, ostensibly infinite mana if you can infinitely tap you here whenever you f- you want. If you yeah. had, like, Thornbite Staff or something, it would work. So add the mana, it dies with Undying, comes back with a plus one, plus one counter on it. The first time you untap it, you get rid of the negative one counter, undying do it again, again, dies. Now it comes back because it doesn't have na- uh, plus one, plus one counters anymore. Yeah, you just have to give it Undying each time. Yep. With Jahira, yeah. So that that is... Uh, pretty cool bane whip punishers a pretty cool one for Mm. just infinite sacrifices yeah so it's two in a black for a two two but when it enters the battlefield you can put a negative one negative one counter on target creature so worst case scenario not worst case but good case scenario Good case scenario if you had like an altar (laughs) of dementia or an altar of whatever and again you have to be able to tap jahira in between all of these but thornbite staff or something would let you do it you sack Banewish Punisher, it comes back with Undying, but you choose itself as to put the negative one, negative one counter on, and now it's just even. It also has the ability to pay a black, sack it, and destroy target creature with a one, one counter on it. So it is also a removal spell. So mm-hmm. even if you're not doing the sort of combo-y part of it, you could always uh, figure this out. This card was so good and limited. Yeah, yeah, so good. <laughs> it's nuts, yeah. yeah. Um, Yawgmoth. Ooh. Really, really good because you already want to sack creatures. Now you yeah. sack creatures. You pay life to sack creatures and put negative one, negative one counters on things and draw cards. And then, you know, in this case, you're putting the negative one counter on your stuff to on take stuff, off yeah. the plus one, plus one counter so you can now sack it with Undying. So this is a way to be like, play Yawgmoth, sack this, comes back with Undying, um, put a negative one counter on something that I already sacked that had Undying, sack that, yeah. it comes back with Undying, put the negative one counter on the other thing that I played and just, you know, Go down the line, draw all the cards. Yep. As long as you're able to untap and tap Jahira, that is where the real combo starts. Yawgmoth seems really good in this deck, though. Uh, Cauldron of Souls is really good with Undying because it gives persist to everything. So what you get to do is kind of choose. You go, okay, everything's got Undying because I got Jahira tapped. So I sack it all. It comes mm-hmm. all back with plus one, plus one counters. Now I activate Cauldron of Souls and I sack it all. And now it comes back with Persist. Actually, you do that in the other order, I guess, so it's bigger when they come back. Whatever. Right. Either way, you say, oh, this second time I'm giving it Persist. So now I can sack all my stuff three times. Right. Because, yeah, one Persist. Oh, no, sorry, four times. Because now that it's got the negative one counter on it, I can sack it again to the Undying. Oh, that's right. And it comes back with a plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Persist says if it, it comes back with a minus one, minus one counter if it didn't have one. Yeah. Right, yeah. So it's the, it's the inverse of um, Undying, which is negative one counter instead of plus one counter. But because yeah. you can kind of, oh, well, now when it dies, add a negative one, but not a plus one, so it'll go Undying. You can, <laughs> yeah. If you could untap Cauldron of Souls, you could do that. Your you opponents know. will be very happy to hear you try and explain all of this to them every turn as you're doing it. <laughs> Uh, Retribution of the Ancients, I think, is a really good card in this deck. It's one red, 
uh, sorry, one black for an enchantment. You can pay a black and remove X one one counters from among creatures you control. Target creature gets negative X, negative X until end of turn. Yeah, so this is interesting because you're not paying X as a cost. You can pay a black, and if you have five plus one plus one counters, you can get rid of all of them. Give a creature five, minus five, minus five until end of turn. So you not only kill a creature, you reset the undying on everything. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, so that's probably one of the best cards in the deck. He just costs a black to cast. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty strong. Josh and I have a horror story about this card. We drafted with it once. <laughs> Clans of Tarkir days. We had, we were like this. We had like Necropolis agent or something. It was something nuts. We, it was, I forget what it was, but we were like, this is it. We've got the combo assembled. And then, of course, because it's MTGO, we misclicked a bunch and then just lost. And we talked about like killed our own creature. Yeah. Because MTGO was like, choose your target. And we were like, like take the take counters from that, that and then destroy that. And what it did is like, took the counters off and destroyed our own creature. <laughs> <laughs> MTGO, this is before Arena. This cannot happen in real life. Yeah. Because you can be more clear with your words, fortunately. Um, Okay, so that's the first path with Haunted One, but I think there's another one. Yeah. And this would involve pairing Haunted One with Volo, uh, Itinerant Scholar. Is that yep. how you say that? The full mythic combo, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Because there's both the mythic creature and enchantment. So Volo's interesting. It's two and a blue for a two, three human wizard. So those are your tribes now. Human wizard. You still have human, which is great. Wizard, yep. there's lots. When Volo enters the battlefield, you create Volo's Journal, a legendary colorless artifact token with hexproof and... The token says this. Whenever you cast a creature spell, note one of its creature types that hasn't been noted for this artifact. Then you can pay two, tap Volo to draw a card for each creature type noted for target permanent you control named Volo's journal. Confusing as all hell. Basically, every time you play a creature, if you hopefully you'll put a counter on Volo's journal because it's of a creature type that's different than anything that's come before. And then you pay two tap Volo and you say, well, how many uh, yeah, counters right. are on that journal? Draw Okay, it's four. I'll draw four. Yeah, so pretty good engine at the very least. But you're in blue now, so you got your favorite cards. Wizards, tappers, all sorts of things, right? Yeah, and I think we're not even going to care about wizards and humans that much. This would be opening us up to what I'd call the all-tribe deck, uh -huh. the changeling deck, right? Changelings have all the tribes, so you can just note any creature type you want for them. And then, of course, that allows you to start looping. Instead of being forced to loop only elves, druids, or whatever, Right now I can get my hands maybe on Maskwood Nexus or Arcane Adaptation. Those are cards that cr make all your creatures... Changelings. All types. Yep. And that way... They, when you tap Volo for the Haunted One, you give Undying to everything or plus two, plus O oh to everything because it, they're just saying all your creatures are share the same types. And Masswood Nexus is um, an artifact and Blue's really good at tutoring artifacts and Black's really good at tutoring uh, anything. Right. So you can find those things easily. And now we can loop Kokusho or Grey Merchant with our Undying stuff. Right. You still have Retribution of the Ancients. You still have Cauldron of Souls probably. Agent of Treachery we can loop, you know. And this cool. is also one of the mill... Um, these are the mill combination and the, you know, you have reanimate and animate dead combinations mm -hmm. and things like that. So there's a way to cheat things out. Peregrine Drake is a really good one to, oh, loop, yeah. to, to loop because you just untap lands when you do it. Puppeteer click. I really like Etherbrum Marauder. Yeah. Uh, so It's similar to what we're doing. We're trying to get rid of the plus and plus one counters. When it enters the battlefield, you move any number of 1-1 one, one counters from other permanents you control onto Etherbrum Marauder. So as long as you stack it the right way, it can always grab all of the, the undying counters. And so it allows the loop to go off again. Yep. Um, yeah, either one Marauder is great, but you it doesn't share any creature types, really. I guess there's a couple that have Rogue, but yeah, you need to have Maskwood Nexus or something like that going on to make this work. Um, 
walking ballista. You could do the walking ballista thing with oh, yeah. dying because walking ballista, you can remove the plus one, plus one counter to deal damage or something. Then it dies and, and enters sees. the battle yeah. field again with a one, one counter dies again. You're in the same uh, situation though, where you have to be able to tap and untap um, Volo in between the deaths because it, if Walking Bliss is out and you remove the last counter and it dies and comes back with Undying, that right. new card that's on Battlefield doesn't have Undying anymore. But fortunately, blue is actually the best color at tapping or untapping things. To no surprise. So, and the, and the biggest card I think is Intruder Alarm. Yep. So Very that, good. Yeah, when the Undying creature comes back, it will untap your Volo. And that will function basically similarly to what was the card? Um, Thornbite, Thornbite Staff. Staff yeah. Which you probably still play in this deck. Maybe not. There's a, a lot of options. But Intruder Alarm will allow you to... And it untaps every all your creatures. So if you had any Mana Dorks or anything in there, l- less likely, obviously, in Demir. But um, yeah, Intruder Alarm could be very, very good. Undying Creature comes back. Volo untaps. Now yeah. you just have to tap it again and get the whole thing going. And remember, Volo has his own mechanic to tap himself. Oh, right. By paying the two and drawing the cards. So if you had like Paragon Drake, Intruder oh Alarm, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Paragon Drake, Intruder Alarm just is it. Because as long as you have a way to sort of take off the counters for the Undying, mm-hmm. that creates the mana to tap the Volo to draw the cards to create the infinite mana to cast the cards. That, yeah. So this is nice. It's actually, it's infinite, but it takes three to five cards, it seems to do so. So it's not like this inherently like, oh, it's so busted. So it seems like the setup is actually worth it here. Yeah, think of what you need. You need Volo, you need Intruder Alarm, you need Peregrine Drake, and you also need a way to remove counters like Retribution of the Ancients or something. So like, yeah, yeah I feel fine about putting that Rube Goldberg machine together and winning <laughs> because it's like, that's a lot of pieces. Yeah. Yep. Uh, then, of course, there's like a Fedo Alchemist. Free from the Real, Pemanzora. Uh, there's there's also other ways to get Volo tapped if you didn't want to have to pay the mana. So, Zami, he's a wizard, could tap it to just draw a card. Oh, right. Yeah. Tap an untap wizard, you control, draw a card. Zami's yeah. rocks. She's awesome. Opposition is another really good card in general that could work really well with Intruder Alarm. And we know this, that, you know, if you've ever had that happen to you, but yeah. you can tap down everybody's everything. Um, and it works pretty good to tap down just mana and mana dorks mm-hmm. before you sort of start to go off. So, yeah, I think the the All Tribes Volo Haunted One deck seems pretty fun. Yeah. Seems Opposition pretty cool. seems nuts because you're tapping stuff to tap stuff down, then you're sacking it to come back and you can do it again. Yep. Yeesh. Yeah, because Opposition does not give an ability to a creature, so they don't care about summoning sickness. Yeah, it's on yeah. the enchantment itself. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. We got one more from you. We got one more, and this one is the deck that I played on Game Nights. Of course, you know, you have to consider one of my favorites because I did choose to build it. Mono uh, Blue. Yeah, so it's Vol, Candlekeep, Researcher, and Clan Crafter. Vol is three and a blue for a two, three human wizard with vigilance. You can tap Vol to add an amount of colorless mana equal to Vol's toughness, but this mana can't be spent to cast spells from your hand. Yeah, so it's a 2-3, so you can just tap it to add three mana, but has to be done on things not from your hand. Then Clan Crafter is the background, and it says, Commander Creatures you own have, you pay two, sacrifice an artifact, put a 1-1 counter on this creature, and draw a card. So these seem to work really well together because Clan Crafter has an activated ability that mm-hmm. costs two colorless that Val is allowed to pay for because that's not casting a spell out of your hand. And then when you sack that artifact, you put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature and draw a card. Well, the c- counter can go on Vol, which means the next time you tap it, it'll tap for more mana. Right, four, five, six. So once you have it to four, you can sack two artifacts, put two counters on Vol, and next time it'll tap for six mm-hmm. because it'll have six toughness. So that loop kind of made sense to me and wasn't, 
yeah, uh, you know, wasn't one thing I'll say, and I'm sure you feel this way too, Jimmy, is that like <laughs> when we are building the decks for game nights, there is no information about any of the cards yet online. Right. Uh, the world doesn't know about them. And so you're trying to build this deck, and I feel a lot of pressure to like obviously build a good version of the deck to show to people on the show because a million people are going to watch the game. And you, Yeah, and you don't want to make a deck that misses on some really key combos or something. Yeah, like on this game nights, spoiler alert for game nights, um, if you haven't watched it, you should stop right now, go watch it, you can come back. You know, Jimmy's, your your deck had trouble in that game, right? He, he got mana screwed. Yeah, and, and that's happened to all of us. It's happened to me a few times. And, you know, yeah, it feels bad in those situations because you really want to show your deck to the world. Yeah. So this, you know, he, here I am, I'm looking through the backgrounds and because nobody had chosen a background commander mm-hmm. and I was like, we have to do one. So I was like, okay, trying to put together these these things. I thought about the haunted one stuff, but it seems really like likely to like misfire. Right. And then that's like a more of a- Or hey. just win by infinite and that's not as exciting, I think either. So, and, and that's, you know, that's the kind of deck that like I would like to build the haunted one Volo deck myself, tune it over time, get to play it a bunch of times. Yeah. You need to know how to pilot that thing too. Yeah. Misfire is no big deal because it was just a game we were playing for fun. And then I'm like, oh, I should add this card, take this out. Yeah. Vol made sense. That loop of like, hey, all I need is artifacts and this will do its thing, right? Like if I have enough artifacts out, I can clan crafter, draw more cards, create more mana, you know, find a way to win. Activate some abilities. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, the chapter or the sort of subject headings for Vol, which is the first one is mana filtering. If you filter the three mana from Vol through something, then on the other side of that, you could use it to cast spells out of your hand. So, for example, Basalt Monolith. Yep, great example. So, there's a three mana artifact. You can tap it to add three, but it doesn't untap. You have to pay three mana to untap Basalt Monolith. Well, hey, Val can do that. Yeah. So, all you do is pay the three to untap the Basalt Monolith and then pay the three from Basalt Monolith now to cast a spell out of your hand. Yeah, you're turning Vols. Three mana can't be used to cast spells from your hand into an artifact that can then tap for that. It can be a little awkward because if Vol can tap for only five mana, then you go Basalt Monolith. I got two floating. Tap it. Get three that I can use to cast spells. Yeah, now you have these two separate mana pools to deal with. Yeah, and sometimes you're like, oh, tap a land. Add the two floating and the one land. Yeah. Untap. But now it's colorless. Um, doubling cube's another way to kind of use this mana into mm-hmm. something that can be used. So doubling cube will unrestrict the mana. Um, there's lands that do this. Cascading cataracts. Yep. This is a pretty cool one. Just five mana to tap it to add five mana to any combination of colors to your mana pool. So you take two of your lands, you take Vol. You tap the Cascade and Cataracts, you get five mana on the other end and any combination of colors that's usable for anything. And in this deck, as you saw in Game Nights, you actually need a lot of blue. So if you can tap a land and have it add five blue, that's actually a really big game. Yep. Um, Treasure Vault is a pretty cool one. Oh, yeah. It's a colorless land that taps for colorless, or you can pay XX and s- tap and sack the Treasure Vault and create X treasure tokens. Right, so if Vault is at like six mana, you can tap it and you can just create three treasures. Treasure. Yeah, but probably going to be a lot more in the end game when you end up actually using the Treasure Vault. Yeah, and again, you saw this on the Game Nights episode. It's not uncommon for Vault to be tapping for, you know, and you'd have you 40 mana available for it through a doubling cube into yeah. a Treasure Vault. And again, like Jimmy said, you want blue. So on the other end, you're like, I create 50 treasure tokens that's worth stacking your land for uh then of course it's an artifact deck so we do want to do the artifactocrats things mm-hmm. uh mere retriever scrap trawler just all those artifacts that get artifacts back from your graveyard so you can replay them uh resack them 
Yeah, you know, I like this that. next one, which is because you can't cast spells out of your hand, find other ways to get spells cast. So the reality chip is one that allows you to play cards from the top of your library. Same with Mystic Forge. Yeah, that's I not like casting that out of your hand, so Val can use that. And those are also artifacts right. that can be sacked to clan, clan crafter if you need to. So I like that, like dual usage. Uh, foretell is also not, when you foretell the thing, it's not casting it out of your hand. Oh, right, you're paying two and you're exiling it. Yeah. So. Interesting. And actually, when you cast it out of foretell, you're not casting it out of your hand either. Right. So I really like Depart the Realm, and I actually think this card is generally underrated, but good in Val, which is uh, one in a blue, return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. So it's kind of Chain of Vapors for one extra mana. Mm -hmm. But then you can foretell it for two, and then pay one blue to uh, cast it out of foretell. And one thing I've found is you foretell a card and you're in blue, they'll usually assume that it is Mystic Reflection or the, or one of those other cards. Yeah, yeah. Or the one, what's the one that gets all your stuff back if it died? Uh, oh, the right. The white one, if you're in white. So you can really, like, play a card that will be useful to you because, you know, everybody, you play Chain of Vapors and stuff like that. Oh, bouncing something is really great. Especially non-land permanent, right? Mm -hmm. any, any permanent type can just stop a combo. But they also have to play around a card that you didn't actually play. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Raven That's Form funny. is also a pretty good one because it's one blue on the other end. So again, you're paying Val, the two from Val to foretell it. And then later you're getting the, the card for cheaper. So it's kind of working that way. Yep. Uh, flashback, another way to cast things that aren't um, casting them out of hand so you can use Val's mana for it. Oh, right. Like, if you're going to Snapcaster out something, then you're going to pay for that spell from Flashback because it's coming from your graveyard, not your hand. Yeah, Echo of Aeons is a really good one because this is a deck that's going to sort of, like, fill its graveyard up by sacking stuff and doing things and shuffling them back in and kind of getting that train rolling again could be could be nice, so fl seems, Flashback's seems helpful. Good. You can also pay uh, activated abilities on cards like Cycling, so Nimble Obstructionist, Shark Typhoon are also ways for Val to just pump a bunch of mana into something. Right, because you're not Casting them, you're cycling them. Yeah, yeah. Channels yeah. the same thing, right? So Otawaru, Otawaru, Otawara, 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 Soaring City. I got it on the third try. <laughs> uh, yeah, it you, channels for three in the blue. Technically, two in the blue if you have your Val out, but that is again something it can pay for. Yep. So that is another bounce spell that Val can cast. Yeah. Quote unquote. Uh, madness doesn't count as casting the spell from your hand because you yeah, discard, discard it first, it. goes into exile. And there, you know, you're in blue and there are a number of ways to sort of loot things. I've legislated in this deck and some other stuff. So Welcome to the Fold or something like that is a good oh, yeah. way. To Actually, Madness would be really good with my Durnan deck too because it's got red in it and you're trying oh, to discard yeah, cards yeah. in exile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, of course, you can just pump Val's toughness with, you know, other cards to make it her tap for more mana. So... There's a lot of zero cast shield cards like Cathar's Shield. Yeah, they're all three to equip, but they give plus zero plus three. The good thing is Vol can play, pay for the equip. Mm -hmm. So you play Cathar's Shield, tap Vol, equip it. Next turn she's tapping for six. Six. Wow. I found that generally to be not worth it, honestly. But it's too slow. It is a zero. Also, worst case scenario, a zero cost artifact you can draw a card with with Clan Crafter mm -hmm. too. So mm -hmm. when it's bad, you can cycle away so i think i only ended up with like one of them in the deck okay a card i really like is commander's plate though yeah one mana equipped creature gets plus three plus three and has protection from each color that's not your color's commander identity so that's four colors of protection and it only costs three to equip to a commander so Which this is a very good version of cathar shield where it's one rather than zero equip cost is the same gives the same toughness boost but protects it too yeah from four different colors i found right. i yeah, i have a much better chance to win games where i've cast commander plate than when i haven't yep and then of course vol is really good for activated abilities or trigger abilities paying for that so one of the ways the decks normally can win is memnark Ugh, yeah 
So Menarch, yeah, seven <laughs> mana for a four five, but you can pay one blue blue and target permanent becomes an artifact in addition to its other types, and then three and a blue to gain control of target artifact. And I've found that you know there's pretty good chance, especially with treasure vaults and other things, yeah, to just steal everything on the board once you're creating enough mana. Yeah, you get, doubling cube, and yep. then you're just to, off to the races. And you're like, point. yeah, I have eighty two mana to work with. I turn all your lands into artifacts. I steal them all, and then I'll take all the rest of the stuff too. Gross. Uh, Urza. I, this is not a Winter Orb Urza deck, but Urza is... It's interesting because Urza is really good in the deck because you have a lot of artifacts. So you may as well tap them for mana and they create blue mana. Mm-hmm. But also that activated ability. Yeah, five, shuffle your library then exit the top card until end of turn you may play that card without paying its mana cost. So there will be times when you can just do this for one tap easily. Yeah. I'll just do this 20 times. So uh, Animation Module I actually have found to be one of the best cards in the deck too. And this is interesting. So it's one mana for an artifact. Whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are placed on a permanent you control, you may pay one. If you do, create a one one colorless servo artifact creature token. And then you can pay three and choose a counter on target permanent and give that permanent another counter of that kind. That doesn't matter. That first part, because mm-hmm. Clan Crafter puts a one one counter onto Vol, oh, you see. can pay the one and create an artifact that you can then sack and put the plus. So what you have these turns where you go, okay, sack this mm-hmm. pay one get the counter get the counter get the draw card get another artifact sack it pay the one sack it pay the one and before you know you know you do vault at the end and you go tap vault for you know nine, nine. <laughs> do that like three more times yeah you know or whatever so yeah can be pretty pretty powerful yeah you can also just float the mana into your mana pool while you're doing this because you're you can just sort of pay from that um and then, of course, you want to untap Vol, the untap shenanigans, so that you can use her more often. And this, once Vol can tap for 10, it's pretty crazy to just even untap her one time. Mm-hmm. So, Thousand-Year Elix- Elixir, Minamo School at Water's Edge is really so good. So good, yeah. Yeah. And then there's a new card from um, oh. from Baldur's Gate, which is called Patriarch's Seal. Three mana, tap to add mana, one mana of any color. But pay one, untap, and then tap it. Untap target legendary creature you control. Yeah. So similar to Manamo, but colorless and only on creatures. And pretty good. Like three mana rocks, we don't generally like them. But the fact that like, hey, I can use it for mana. Yeah. And then eventually I use it on Vol to make tons of mana. Right, 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 right. And then of course the sort of best card in the deck is Staff of Domination, which is just very easy to go infinite if that's what you it want. It wins to. the game. With Vol, as long as Vol's <laughs> topping for, what is it, six? Yeah, you yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You just tap and untap Vol infinite times to create infinite mana it's all restricted mana but then you draw all your deck with staff of domination all you got to do is get a basalt monolith or something out and then good enough yeah that's how you win the game okay nice so you, very josh decks i would say compared to very jimmy decks uh but <laughs> We're that's, drawn, we are what we are right yeah jimmy? we are what we are and hopefully you can find something in between that matches you so let us know of course uh what you're going to build around but let's talk quickly about backgrounds in the 99 so i'm sure a lot of you are wondering hey we have, I've, I've seen these backgrounds maybe they'll work in the deck i want to play so let's see if there are any that seem good enough to run inside the deck and not just sort of in the command zone with your commander yeah because um, there's definitely gonna be the temptation i think to run the backgrounds in the 99 i think for the most part they're not that great but there are a few i think i could see playing. yeah interesting at least dungeon delver is the obvious one it's one in the blue commander creatures you own have room abilities of dungeons you own trigger an additional time if you're playing a dungeon deck you need all the help you can get so i could definitely see dungeon delver just being in the 99 of like Sephiroth or whatever it is yeah it's only two mana yeah um 
And that, so that's pretty efficient. And most dungeon decks are their commanders helping with the dungeon part. So you need the commander out. So that makes sense. Yeah. I like Candlekeep Sage. It's two in the blue. Commander creatures you own have when this creature enters or leaves the battlefield draw a card. So in Brago, if you play Candlekeep Sage and have Brago out, it Brago flickers himself out and back in. You're going to draw two cards off of that. So I could see that being in a deck where you're playing your ephemerates, you're doing whatever it is. But if your commander isn't trying to flicker itself, then this is not good. Yeah, I don't think it's efficient enough. And, and what we found when we did our stack what was a couple years ago now was that yeah. you actually don't recast your commanders that often yeah so it has to be a heavy flicker deck and specifically the commander being flickered yeah even like a rogue rock deck i don't know if i had blue i would play this because you're just unlikely to cast the rogue rock right. for the third time and two and a blue draw one card not that great i guess if you have partners though so maybe Rogue Rock paired with something else in low CMC because you cast both, maybe yeah. you get three total cards out of this. Rogue I think Rock, Yoshimaru. Cards, I would play it at that point. Folk Hero, uh, one in a white. We talked about this earlier. Whenever you cast a spell that shares a creature type with this creature, your commander, draw a card. This ability um, triggers only once each turn. Yeah. yeah. If, again, if you have partners or you're in just a dedicated tribal deck, this could go in the 99. Yeah, it's once each turn, which kind of sucks, but you could draw three, four cards off it, maybe. Only two mana, so I think if you draw two cards, you're happy. Yeah, notably, everything we talked about here is two or three mana, so the more it costs, I think also we were like, ugh. Uh, next up is Guild Artisan, one in a red command creatures you own have whenever this creature attacks a player. If no opponent has more life than that player, you create two treasure tokens. So this is, te- in a mono red deck, this is technically ramp. ramp. Yeah. yeah. I think you have to have, again, commander that you know is going to be able to and want to attack. Yeah. But but if you get, what, six treasure tokens off this total, I think you're pretty happy. Yeah, and this also works later on in the game. You can cast this for two and get that mana back. It is specific that you have to attack a creature that or an opponent that has no more life. Sorry. If no opponent has more life than that player. So which is somebody who either has yeah. the most life or is tied for the most life. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one is Shameless Charlatan. This was just, I don't know if this works in any deck because it seems bad, but also good at the same time one in the blue commander creatures you own have two in the blue this creature becomes a copy of another target creature so you can turn your commander into a clone of something else however it will never be able to transform back into itself it doesn't it, keep, it keeps the ability but when your commander oh. transforms into something else it no longer can go oh wait i'm going to become my commander again oh right because it can't off, see itself it can't see itself yeah unless someone else has your commander on the battlefield so i don't know what deck this goes in but if you do have a deck that wants to be copying things and and doesn't care if the commander's ability is not there right it could be a hidden commander deck or something what decks are those i don't know maybe, <laughs> maybe a chromat deck could run shameless charlatan because uh, you just want sure, to change sure, from sure, it into sure, something sure. else who knows sure um, but because I, I could see similar similarities to Mirage Mirror. I wish it said non-land permanent. Right. Because then it would be way better. I yeah. Because I would often <laughs> be like, oh. permanent. Yeah, I'll take a great henge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would often want to turn my commander into that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Usually your deck's built around your commander and you don't want to change it into something else. Yeah. At least you can do another target creature. It's not a, a one in opponent control. Oh, so you okay, could you do it on your own. Yeah. So there is something there. I just don't know what it is. Uh, I just want to say be cautious because remember that these cards only work if your commander is also on the battlefield. You cannot like put this on another creature you control or something. So I'd say for most decks, I wouldn't consider putting any backgrounds in. Doesn't seem to be worth it. But if you find something interesting, let us know. All right. Backgrounds, final thoughts. What do you think of the mechanic, Jimmy? I really like, again, this the sub-ecosystems. It allows for control. It allows for creativity without breaking the format, without also doing things like Thrasios and Valsmasher or Thrasios and whatever, right? Like, right. I like the fact that they're monocolored. And it's good because I think if you are a player that has a very specific want or you want to build something really specific, this allows you to do it. 
without having to just wait for the commander that matches it. Now, hopefully, you can piece the pieces together and figure out a way to make it for yourself. Yeah, I would say there's there's kind of two downsides to, you know, anything that's in the partners, friends forever background. Yeah, yeah. You know, space. One of them is that having an extra card available in your command zone, which is basically like having a ninth card in your opening hand, right. is just inherently powerful. Something we learn from partners. Yep. Just another option, another thing. Free card drop, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm not sure how this is going to pan out because we didn't actually talk about this much. You did a little bit. The fact that it's an enchantment now mm-hmm. that sits in your command zone, and that is the most difficult permanent type to remove. Yeah, some colors just can't remove it. Yeah, so that, that's a little scary. Um, they are tied directly to the commander, which has tried to keep it in check a little bit. But, you know, the fact that they don't attach to it, so they don't die when you kill the commander. Yeah. These are all worries. You know, Enchantress decks, maybe do they get a little bit better just from the ability? I don't know because I don't know that there's a combination where I'd rather run, you know... That instead of, yeah. Instead of one of the Enchantress commanders. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That That's just, I think, the, the worries and the downside. The upsides, I think, is, like you said, lots and lots of opportunities for new you know, customizable, unique deck builds. Super unique. I'm I'm really interested because when I looked through it, I was just looking for the ones that made sense. Yeah. But I can't wait for the pl- players that go and find the combos that don't make sense and then try to do something really interesting from that. Yeah, if you're in this sort of hipstery, you know, like Murph <laughs> likes to build decks that are not like anybody else has. Yeah, Jordan wants to make a, a Volo deck with Folk Hero, which doesn't seem like it would it make would sense. On. But I think with Changelings and stuff, it totally would. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think there's a lot of space here that's not going to be explored. You know, partners are like that too. I think there's a lot of partner combinations just nobody's ever really tried. And by nobody, I mean like nobody we're aware of or that you've ever seen because they're so off the beaten path. Not very common, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's an upside. And I do think that it seems like the design team was very careful with these. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they were aware of, I think, the problems and they they made these narrow. Like, think of Haunted One. It only applies to creatures that also share a creature type with it. And then they were like, well, giving it all and dying is actually scary, so let's just say it until only end of turn. You know what I mean? Like, they were careful. They're all monocolor, like you said. So Yeah, they that, spend a lot of time, you can tell, designing them to make sure they don't get busted out the gate. Yeah. It's good. They're it's pretty good narrow. But there's always, with this many combinations, there's always the chance that there's just something that was overlooked. So, yeah. yeah. Um, question, do we hope that they bring back background specifically someday? Because uh, I feel like they're is space to maneuver here where they can add some new backgrounds in without it breaking everything apart because they are very careful in not making it too powerful to begin with. Yeah, we did one more round of partners and partners are even more possibility because every partner you add yeah. can, can work with every other partner. So let's say they did another batch of 30 backgrounds and 30 uh, creatures. choose a background. Yeah. Because I think if they stuck to monocolored, there'll be a lot of temptation to go to like dual colored or something to make oh it different. Oh my gosh. But that seems don't. very scary. Yeah, yeah very scary. Um, then I think you could probably do one more batch and then you've got 2,000 possible combinations. But I think partner commanders, I mean, what's 64 times 63? It's like 4,000. It's a lot. Yeah. So they wouldn't even be up to the number of combinations possible with with partners. They'd be at like 2,000. So I think that's probably safe to do it one more time. Do I want them to bring it back? I don't know if I care particularly. Yeah. I think as long as they keep experimenting with this idea, we should be fine. Um, because there are more interesting ways. I, I, like, Friends, Friends Forever, I think, is great. There's only, like, what, seven cards that can play yeah. with each other there. And so you know the combinations. They're all there. It's right at the right power level. So I think when they have to build it into a set with limited and stuff, it makes it a little more difficult. So I would be interested to see if they do this again, but maybe a little more specialized. 
All right, that's going to wrap up our discussion, our breakdown of the backgrounds. To the listeners, what new background pairing are you the most excited to build? What sweet tech do you have for our community? We were only able to cover three of each of our favorites. There it are took nine, like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are 954 combinations remaining. If you can fill in some of those gaps about your cool ideas for some kind of background pairing, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, and of course, if you want to just pick up those backgrounds cards, there's also special versions like they did with the other Commander Legends mm. set. Uh, so you can get the best looking cards in the world at channelfireball.com slash command. They have an amazing marketplace. You're shopping from local game stores around the country. You're supporting them in this time when, you know, we we need to bring love back to our local game stores. And they're also going to give you the best price, great customer service. They're WPN certified stores. So they know what they're doing. They know how to grade their cards and how to ship them out to you, the buyer. So again, customer always comes first. Channelfireball.com slash command or just enter promo code command at checkout. You're going to buy those cards anyway. Help us out while you do it. And then when you get those cards, you want to keep them in the best pristine condition. Jimmy and I trust Ultra Pro products for our own collections. All my decks are in Eclipse sleeves. They're all in Ultra Pro deck boxes. I only play on Ultra Pro playmats. They... I mean, Ultra Pro makes awesome dice. I pretty much only have Ultra Pro dice now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They make wall scrolls to put into your game room. Ultra Pro really has you covered. Shop.ultrapro.com slash command is our affiliate link. One thing, we haven't had an affiliate link for very long. Mm-hmm. And one big advantage of it is that if a Magic product comes out, it goes into all the LGSs and you know it's there. But Ultra Pro doesn't have that same distribution pipeline. And and they also like, you know, sometimes, I don't know, if you want the Rakdos sleeves, they might just be sold out at your LGS. That happens all the time. So being able to go directly to the source with our affiliate link, again, shop.ultrapro.com slash command, does allow you to find stuff that were maybe hard to find in the, in, in the past. And if you build a commander and it's like Volo or something and you want that playmat, you really want that playmat, but if it's hard to find, that can be a little bit frustrating. So yeah, shop.ultrapro.com slash command. And they have great sales all yeah. the time. No joke. You might yeah, find something there. They have inventory there. that they're just like, listen, we want to get we want to get this out of here, right? Because yeah. it's a little bit older or whatever. And that's often stuff that you're like, yeah, I want that stuff at yeah, that I, price I or whatever. Up, yeah, I picked up a bunch of stuff at just straight up 50% off. And I was like, wow, this is such a good deal. So if you're looking to build out the collection or even to start organizing your cards, Ultra Pro's got you covered. Uh, and then one last plug for our Kickstarter for our bland, brand new playmat. It is called Before the Storm. It's definitely not bland. It's, it's, <laughs> but it's brand. <laughs> Before the Storm. Beautiful artwork. Uh, it is the Year of the Tiger. So it's themed around that. Yes. Pick it up now. Fiona Shea is the artist. She did an incredible job with this. Um, it's different than our other playmats, too. Yeah. We're typically at the end of a war with skulls lying around or dragons <laughs> destroying a building. This one is much more serene and calm, but it still has that really sort of epic quality to it. I um, mean, it pops right off the playmat. Ultra Pro made it. So you have to check out the Kickstarter right now. It's only going to be going for a limited time. When it's over, you will never, ever, ever, ever be able to buy this again. We're not kidding. All right. It's been a little bit of a long episode, but we're still going to do an end step because yes. something kind of exciting has come out that we want to talk about. Our good buddy, friend of the show, Game Night, Post Malone came out with his new album called 12 Carat Toothache. I don't know about you, Jimmy. I've basically had it on repeat like the entire weekend. Yeah, me too. Uh, And it's been, for him, it's been so long working on this album too. I know that he's been doing it, what, like four years now? Almost four years. Yeah. yeah. So it's an incredible accomplishment. Uh, The album itself is great. There are so many songs on it that are, you know, of an entire range of of his career, it almost feels like. And every song has a lot of heart to it too, which is always something you can expect from Posty. Yeah, that's the thing I love about it the most. It's like super honest and it's super yeah. like inside his head. You can hear his journey, his struggle with all kinds of things. Like he obviously yeah. struggles with the fame and what's that? what that's done to his life, which I find pretty interesting. I mean, obviously we, we know him, so some of those themes maybe come out a little bit more. But I think it's like, 
it's maybe not what you would expect uh, from him. And I think a lot of people get the wrong idea about what his music sounds like just yeah. by looking at him. Yeah. And, <laughs> or they hear one song and they're like, that's it. But yeah. no, he has an incredible range and he's such a musician to that degree that every one of his songs, you can feel the musicianship coming through too. Yeah, you can really feel that he like, he spent a long time on this album and I think he wanted to create something that was like true and not, he's not just trying to create hits or anything like that. Like he's telling stuff from his heart he's telling like yeah. his perspective and, and his story and I, I i yeah and you wrote a song about this it's called i like you <laughs> oh man that song's gonna be such a huge <laughs> that's the one like real poppy song that's like super catchy you can yeah. sing along Doja with it cats by the on it yeah it's a really good song i really like the q lemon tree which yeah. is lemon tree is definitely great. not gonna be a hit because it's not like a, a poppy catchy song but i really like it yeah. what's your favorite track i think lemon tree is one of my favorite yeah. tracks yeah because it's just Every time I listen to it, I'm like surprised by it each time. I'm like, oh, there's a section I didn't really hear that last time that I like that a lot. Wow. Yeah, you so really get to hear inside of his head a little bit and yeah. relate to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, 12 Carat Toothache. You can stream it everywhere. You can also buy physical copies. Uh, but yeah, support Posty. And even if you just listen and watch a couple of music videos, see if it's for you. There's yeah, Apple Music, Spotify, you can find it everywhere. I mean, yeah. If you haven't heard about it, you must be under a rock because he's everywhere lately. Yeah. You must right. be under a 12 Carat Rock. <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Big thanks to our amazing team here at the Command Zone, Damon Lenz, Shauna Gillis, Arthur Meadowcroft, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Greg Manchette, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Sam Waldo, Gaurav Galati, Truck Tide, Jamie Block, Mitch Trafford, and Evan Limberger. Special thanks Jeffrey Palmer. He does the Living Card animations that start our show on our YouTube channel. You can also find them online on Twitter at LivingCardsMTG. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. And go build some background commanders. Yeah, let us know about them. Bye-bye. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.